right. Thanks for tuning in to the Bourbon Hound Podcast with Rob McDonald and Mike Teeples, two bourbon hounds on the hunt for their next bottle. Here we go with episode two, the Bourbon Podcast. Uh, last week, I knew Rob was drinking a uh, Russell's Tenure by Wild Turkey Distillery, and I was drinking. This is Mike Teeples. I was drinking a Larceny from Heaven Hill. Uh, so, I guess the question for you, Rob. I'm a, well. First of all, I'm going to open mine. I've got a bottle of Michter's American Whiskey. There it is. I put a picture on our uh, Facebook page today and uh, already had Rob give me a hard time before we started here that it is a whiskey and not a bourbon. So I'll take that heat because uh, it's a pretty sweet juice. I like it and uh, tastes pretty good. Well, Rob, what are you, uh, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> so un- unlike my co-host on the Bourbon Hound podcast, who's drinking an American whiskey tonight, I mm. am, I am drinking a quintessential bourbon, Kentucky straight bourbon uh some buffalo trace the the buffalo trace from the buffalo trace distillery so that's on my uh menu in my glass tonight with the with two ice cubes that a boy i got a couple of cubes in mine as well and you know i i did a little research on this one i'm i mentioned last time my palate's not as sophisticated as yours i don't think it is anyway and uh so i read and they said that there's there's definitely some uh, green apple notes in this one and i smell that i definitely get get a little bit of that this Michter's American unblended whiskey is what they call it. And it's a uh, pretty good job. Pretty good stuff. Okay. Unblended. So is that a uh, small batch single barrel or does it say? It's a small batch. Yeah. Okay. All right. And you can usually pick that guy up when you can find it. The American's kind of hard to find. You can usually pick that up in the uh, maybe mid thirties price range um, okay. around here, which is something we, we didn't talk a lot about last time. Um, you know, the various prices for, some of the stuff that's out there. We might talk about that a little bit today on today's episode, but I was going to ask you, what are a couple of bourbons that you are generally on the lookout for when you, when you hit a liquor store, what are the ones that get you a little excited that you came across something that you don't see uh, every time you walk in? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, that's part of being a bourbon hound. Uh, That's part of where our name came from, right? The idea of being a hound dog on the hunt and hunting for those certain bottles and for me um weller the the weller antique line um the weller just reserve is a bottle that i can generally get but sometimes it gets hard to find um that's the green label right the special reserve green label yep so i'm always looking for it but i'm always looking for the red label uh the 107 the uh full proof um, those bottles. Um, I'm always looking for Eagle Rare. That's uh, a bottle that when I can find it, even if I've got one or two in the cabinet, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab it up if I can get it in that sweet uh, $40 and under. So that's for me. That's key. You know, there's a lot of places I could probably pick up a bottle of Eagle Rare for 60 or 70 dollars, but I'm not gonna pay that. So um, trying to find those bottles on what I think um they should be worth i think you you keep keyed on that last episode about um that value so you could always overpay and probably find what you're after um but um 
Some other bottles that I'm looking for, um, the Russell's 10, I like that, and I, I can't always find it. Um, the Bullet Bourbon 10-year, I could usually find Bullet Bourbon, but not always the 10-year. So um, that's on my list of things that I'm looking for. Um, I picked up a bottle just recently of Evan Williams' Single Barrel that uh, I hadn't seen. I'd seen it online and I could have picked it up and paid shipping and that kind of thing. But um, I do like finding something in a store, I think better than trying to shop for it online. So yeah, those are some bottles that I'm looking for. How about you, Mike? What uh, When you walk in a liquor store, you go find the bourbon section, top shelf, bottom shelf, What's uh, what's on your list? Well, I'll tell you, I'm with you on the Weller. Um, I, I used to, I used to buy that and have it all the time, and I could pick that up for you know 20 bucks for the uh, for the 750 or maybe 35 dollars for the for the 175. And prices have gone up on that now. I'm finding that guy even around town here, a 750 you can find it for 65 bucks um, all over town. Um, the prices have gone up for sure, but at one place, if you want to find it, that's what you got to pay for it. And I I don't pick it up for that price, so. I look for that. I, I generally, I mentioned last time I was drinking that Larceny, uh, but the Larceny barrel proof is really, really good and hard to, hard to find. If you can find it, regular retail price on that guy is usually around 45 bucks. I've heard that that's one of those that's going to start, you know, jumping up in price because uh, they're, they're tough to get. So I picked up a couple of bottles of those. Um, so that one's one I'm looking for. And the reason I'm drinking this Mictors tonight is because it's one of those. For 35 bucks, if I can find it, I, I snag it when I can because it's a, it's a pretty good stuff. Matter of fact, um, I think it's one, it's a pretty low, lower alcohol content. So this one comes in at 83 and a half proof. Um, so it's one that if you had somebody that was new to bourbon, new to whiskey, I should say, right, uh, that you wanted to, to bring into the fold, this might be one that they could get a, get a start with. It's, uh, I think even I had a tasting here with some folks from the office. A couple of ladies said they really liked the Mictors too, so. Okay. So that now, was, uh, yeah. Mictors does make a bourbon, right? Just so we're straight and uh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And just so yeah. we get that out there. So, uh, all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. So maybe we'll touch on that on another podcast episode and talk about those differences. We got Canadian whiskey and uh, Tennessee whiskey and American whiskey and bourbon whiskey. So we'll save that for another episode. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, coming up that Jack Daniels was was uh, kind of muddy in the waters on the whiskey bourbon thing too. So that's definitely <laughs> another topic for another night for sure. So, all right. So hey, uh, one of the things we we're gonna gonna talk about is uh, sharing a story of an epic find, and I was gonna I was gonna start with a kind of a story of a miss, right? So I've gone to this uh, place in town here. I got a bar downtown that's a, a bourbon whiskey bar. Uh, called the Cork and Cask in Colorado Springs, and they um, have a ton of selection there. And when I got in there, I was asking one of the bartenders, Leslie, uh, you know, hey, what do you recommend? And she gave me, by the way, your Russells was was one that she recommended. Said that the Russells uh, Russells Reserve uh, single barrel, the one that's kind of got a reddish maroonish label on it, that that one's another one that if I'm looking for, if I can find that one, I'll grab that one right around the sixty dollar price point. And she said for for the money, that's one of the better better bourbons out there. So um, when I was there, she mentioned kind of a unicorn of a bourbon, um, Rock Hill Farms. She said, this one is fantastic if you can get your hands on it. And I would say 
three months ago, it wasn't even on my radar screen. Maybe it was, was a bottle I'd seen, but then I decided to start looking for it. Another one she mentioned was the George Stagg Jr. That those are for the, for the money, still kind of in that $50, $60 price range. Uh, that's fantastic. So I had seen George Stagg Jr. at a liquor store here in town and she, she uh, kind of tricked my trigger to go back there and I, I knew they had two bottles on the shelf. So I went in to buy it and uh, they, there was two there when I went there the week before and they were gone this time. So I just chalked it up to being gone. I went to another liquor store down the road and there was a gal asking about bourbons and she was asking about some stuff that I had some knowledge on asking about Weller. And I said, well, um, I said, maybe, what are you looking for? I can maybe help you. I know a few places around town. And she said, oh, you're not going to believe this. This liquor store down the road, I went in there and they had two bottles of George Stagg Jr. and a bottle of Rock Hill Farms on the shelf just sitting there. And I snagged them both like before I came here. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I just got out hounded by this lady. <laughs> She's right. getting them for her dad's 50th birthday and storing up for him. And that was, those were ones he didn't. So I could have had Rock Hill Farms. It must have been there when I'd seen the George Stagg Jr. And I had no idea what I was looking for. And that's part of this podcast is to talk about some of the stuff that are kind of hard to find. Um, and make sure people are on the lookout for some of those. That's my, my epic miss, I guess, because I could have had it and didn't. But uh, how about so you, the, man? We're, the question is, did you get an invite to the birthday party? Well, he's in, he lives in Texas, but I was definitely working around the edges on that to see if there was something that was going to happen in my neck of the woods. And I, No, I did not get an invite. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so for me, an epic find uh, that actually was fairly recent. I was, I was on the road for work. And I pulled into a gas station to get fuel. And just right down the block, I could see just a little strip mall uh, liquor store. You know, nothing to write home about. Um, it's a little bit of a lake community in, uh, in northeast Kansas. And I think it's called like uh, Lakeside or Dockside or something like that was the name of this little. i would never been in there before. And I thought, you know, I'll just wheel over there. I, I was... Uh, I had a schedule on on, uh, on my route, and so I just stopped in there and ran in and was looking, and, and they had, you know, your typical uh, bourbons and whiskeys, and, but nothing really that was on my radar too much, and got to visit with the guy, and, and he said, uh, hey, I, I've got this bottle back here in the back. I, I only got two of them, but I haven't put them on the shelf, and uh, if you're interested, I said, well, let's see what it is, you know it was Eagle Rare. And I mentioned, you know, earlier that I'm always on that lookout for Eagle Rare. Seems like when I empty a bottle, um, I've always got one left and I never get ahead of like two or three left. And so uh, I think it was like 35 bucks. And man, I felt pretty, pretty proud of myself that uh, I was able to walk in there and get that guy to kind of dip in the back room and grab that out for me and uh, and offer it to me at uh, at a reasonable price. You know, he could have easily said, Hey, I want 75 or 80 bucks for this. I wouldn't have paid that. Uh, but, but the next customer might have. So uh, yeah, I was happy to get that bottle. You know, I, I would say this too, Rob, um, going to these liquor stores like I do, and I go all over the place traveling for work, but all, all over Colorado Springs, when I go in, I don't ever go ask somebody up at the counter if they've got any bourbons that they haven't put out, unless I've got a bottle in my hand. I'm, I'm planning on buying something, even if it's just, you know, an ancient age or something that I know they are always going to have. I like to make sure that they know that I'm a customer before I ask that question. I have had one liquor store here in town near my office. If you walk up to that guy without a bottle or without being a, a customer he knows, and you ask about Weller, he's going to tell you you're a frat boy and he's not going to, if he had it, he's going to save it for his customers uh -huh. that, you know, come in on a regular basis and not going to give it to me. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So um, what do you think when we talk about some of these, some of these bourbons that are out there now that used to be able to get for 20 bucks and now they're, they're creeping up in price. I mean, you know, those are ones I wish I would have stocked up on maybe a little bit before, but are there, are there any that you think now for what you've got to pay for it? It's just become out of your price range. Yeah. You know, it's kind of crazy. Um, I was not on the barrel bourbon uh, bandwagon and so I've never had it. It wasn't on my radar, um, but it is now they've won some awards in San Francisco. And when you see it now, um, I've heard that you could get that for 30 to $40 and, and now it's, you know, upwards of a hundred. Um, you know, we've talked about Weller, just the special reserve. Um, I picked up a, a half gallon or a, a handle, um, just this week for, I think I paid 46, 48, something like that. Um, and I know you've mentioned that where you're at, you might have to give $60, uh, for a 750 ML bottle. So, um, there's that happening. Um, there are things going on with just, just the Buffalo trace that I'm having tonight. I've seen it, um, go from anywhere from 15 to 50. And so, um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, the, um, the antique line from Buffalo trace, um, and the resurgence of bourbons in general, I think, has um has really driven a lot of these prices um which is part of the fun at the same time um you know it can it can be disheartening when you see that bottle that you've been looking for um and it's out of your price range or you're just not willing to give that you know whatever it is how about you what uh what's the bottle you're looking for that um you know maybe maybe you've even seen it and you're like i'm not gonna give that you know well, I, it's it's funny. Blanton's was one that uh, has has really risen in price and become more and more rare. And I I think I on the, was on the front end of it starting to become harder to find, but I could still see it. As a matter of fact, I was up in Wisconsin working at a telephone company, and I walked in and they had probably eight bottles on the shelf, and they were going for right around fifty bucks a piece. And I asked the guy, I said, "You guys always have Blanton's because I can't find it out in Colorado." And he said, "Oh yeah," he said, "It's it's always here." And, you know, obviously I was traveling, so I, I couldn't at that time bring that back. Now I, I travel where I could bring it back with me. But uh, after that, I went to uh, went to go skiing up in Breckenridge and got in there and I found that at a liquor store in Breckenridge. And you got to figure that's Breckenridge prices, right? It's 80 bucks. So I didn't get it. And I came back to the Springs and that's about where it goes for everywhere now, if you can find it. So that one's really jumped up. And I've heard that that's one that can go for up over 100 bucks a bottle. And then the other one that got me was just that Woodford Reserve. Uh, master's collection. They've got an oat grain, they've got a uh, barrel or batch proof, and then they've got a uh, chocolate marble rye or chocolate rye or something and chocolate malted rye. That's what it is. Um, and those things I think were right over a hundred bucks, maybe 120, 130. And I don't think you can touch those now for anything under 200 bucks anywhere. So some of those are just, uh, when you get to that price point, and I don't know, bourbon for me was supposed to be something that was a, a good drink, but a reasonably priced drink. And sometimes you get, I'll pay some of that for some of the higher end stuff here and there as a special occasion type of a bourbon, but, and on a regular basis to be breaking the hundred dollar mark. I don't know for me, there's too much good stuff. I think below that price point for have, for me having to go that high all the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. 
So uh, we talked about inflated prices. Have you found any um, rock bottom deals, any specials, any uh, discount? You know, you go into a Black Friday or a Christmas or whatever it is, but any, anything to write home about there? Well, I, I know that some of the uh, the specials that come out really around the holiday season, you can get some pretty good deals and some things that come in the gift packs and things like that. So those are always good. I always, I'm a former military guy, so I get the veteran discount at a few places. And, uh, you know, I didn't even think about asking about that uh, much at all. And then got that military haircut going for me. So I think I got asked when I was clean shaven <laughs> once and I thought, well, geez, I'm in a military town. I may as well ask on that. So yeah, I've seen that. Um, but for the most part, um, you know, getting the set, the, the 175s versus the 750s are pretty good. We've got a couple of liquor stores here in town. Cheers liquor store will have deals on their 750s probably a couple of times a year where it's 20% off any American bourbons and things like that. So kind of shopping the sales um, makes sense. I do have one liquor store here in town that he doesn't buy stuff from his distributor if he can't resell it at a reasonable price. So he's, he's always pretty reasonably priced, but his selection isn't always what I want it to be either. So um, I don't know, you got to kind of shop sales a little bit, but not, it doesn't hurt to ask for, uh, do you qualify for AARP or military or something like that? doesn't hurt to ask, right? There you go. There you go. Yeah. And Costco, yeah. Hey, Costco has sometimes a pretty good <laughs> price point on some things too. Right on, right on. Okay. So um, how about, are there any bottles that, um, that you've resigned to just say, you know what, it'd be nice to have one of those in my collection, but it's just not going to happen. Well, you mentioned that antique collection. Um, and I've got like, I've got the antique uh, 107 for Weller, that red label. I've got a bottle of that. Um, I do have the 12 year too. And I actually got lucky a couple of years ago. I picked up a bottle of the George T. Stagg antique collection. And that bottle, I think I paid $180 for it. And that was the most I'd ever spent on bourbon at the time. And I found that same bottle down in Santa Fe, New Mexico, about four months ago. I found it down there for $400 on the shelf. And I just, I wasn't going to do it. And then I saw it again when I flew out to St. Louis for a client meeting and I saw it and the guy was asking $600 for that. Holy so cow. when you get into that price point, for, <laughs> if you can't get those on a lottery or something to me, I'm just not, I mean, if you want something bad enough, you can buy it. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. The Pappy Van Winkles. I mean, those are so hard because if I, if I won a lottery and won a 150 or $200 bottle of Pappy, it'd be real hard not to turn around and sell that for $1,200 on the internet the next day. And that's what's happening left and right. So I, for me, I've kind of chalked up to, I'm hoping to go into that, that small liquor store on the road in some town where nobody realizes what they had and it was a $150 bottle and nobody's buying it. And I can snag it. Everybody dreams of finding that dusty bottle of Happy, right? But um, I just, I, I haven't seen them out there. When I've seen them, the prices have been popped up pretty darn high. And I just kind of chalk those up to, if you get one, you know, do the happy dance, but otherwise you're probably not going to get your hands on it. Yeah. So for those bourbon hounds that are just starting our journey out there that might be listeners of the podcast, um, just to, uh, to explain a little bit, so the, the Pappy and Pappy Van Winkle and the Rip Van Winkle, uh, those brands are these sought-after unicorns. And uh, Mike actually has two bottles of my unicorn, the Elmer T. Lee, that I can't find. I've been looking for for a long time. And um, so there's these bottles out there. Um, and, you know, we'd mentioned the Pappy that, uh, yeah, it may be a, a 75 to $200 bottle retail, 
Um, and it's such a thing that those are considered allocated to stores. And I've seen and heard all sorts of ways that stores distribute their allocated products. So everything from donating those bottles to charity for auctions, um, to having an email list or a lottery or, you know, such a thing that they just kind of hide it in the store and let people find it. So it's such a, a crazy thing when this supply and demand is so upside down, but um, that's got to be probably my unicorn. And, you know, I've got a buddy recently here that he just snapped a picture and sent it to me of like, I don't remember what it was. I think I shared with you, Mike, two or three bottles of, of, a, of Pappy. And, and there's two or three versions of that, right? There, I can't remember. There's the 23 year and a, a 12 or a 15, something like that. And yep. there they are on his kitchen table, you know, and I'm just like, what in the world? <laughs> and uh, his explanation was he's got some hunting buddies that come up and hunt ducks with him and, and they've scored those bottles somehow. And that's their, Hey, thanks for having us for a duck hunt. Here's a, here's a bottle, you know, that's a heck of a heck of a gift. I got a buddy who I know has watched our, our, uh, listened to our, our podcast and been on our Facebook page for sure. Doug, and uh, I kind of, I was ahead of him on, on getting into this bourbon hunting and he joined me after the fact and he's already scored himself two bottles of Pappy. I think he got a 12 and a, maybe a, a 23, I think, mm -hmm. but he's up in the Wisconsin, Minnesota border area. And at the place he goes, they do a lottery and he went and put his name in the list and he got it drawn. So one of the ones I really liked, uh, and when I was in Santa Fe doing some hunting, uh, talked to the owner there and she said, what they do is they take all their allocated bottles and put them aside. And then once a year, when you come in, you buy lottery tickets and those lottery tickets for every $10 you buy, you got to get, you get a lottery ticket. And then they, they just draw your name and you, you, whatever you, uh, you can go up there and pick for whatever's left at that time. So first come first serve. But the nice thing is the $10 you spend, you can spend that on bourbon in the store of any kind. So it could go towards your purchase. And then they, some of that, they just, you know, they mark it up a little bit and give some money to charity as well. But I, I think there's a lot of places doing the charity thing. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of a loyalty program. And I've heard of that too. In fact, I contacted a, a store outside of Kansas city on the Missouri side and, and asked them how they handled it. And, and their deal was a loyalty program. So if you're not buying uh, in there on a regular basis, they're not going to let you just sign up for their lottery. And that's the only money they ever get from you, you know, or the only business they ever get from you. So I'll tell you some of the places though, Rob do have uh, a list and you can get your name on a list and then they'll go down the list when they get it in. And some of the things you mentioned, the Elmer tea, um, I've gotten that here locally in the Springs for $40 a bottle at a local liquor store. And I, I had to wait about six months to get it. Um, and now I've got my name on the list for Rock Hill Farms, uh, hoping that I can score one of those from the same liquor store and they order enough that they do get that kind of thing in. But I asked about Pappy and he said, you can put your name on the list, but you'll never get drawn. So yeah. some of them, even though they're, you know, um, they're, they're just that hard to find, but there, there's some of the unicorns like you're talking, the LMRTs and the, the Rock Hill Farms, you still can get them, I think. You just got to do a lot more hunting. Right, right. Here's to the hunt, right? So there you go. Yep. Um, so we've got those bottles that maybe are out of reach. And if we score them, you know, great. Cheer, cheers to anybody that's able to pick up that Pappy or uh, whatever it is, the, the George Stag or the Rock Hill Farms. Um, what about, so those bottles, let's say, uh, for example, you find a bottle of Pappy um, and you're able to purchase that bottle for, I don't know what the reasonable number is. Let's say $500 was reasonable. 
Um, but you're on the fence about, I don't want to spend $500 and find out I don't like it. Um, so what about going and having a pour of something before you make that investment? Is that something that you've done, Mike, places that you found? Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. The uh, We were talking a couple of weeks ago, I think, about uh, there's a bar up in Estes Park at the Stanley Hotel, and they've become a whiskey bar now, and they've got a huge selection. Matter of fact, their bartenders have forgotten more about bourbon and, and scotch than I'll ever know. Um, but the left side of their bar is all whiskey and the stuff on the right, or I'm sorry, scotch, and the, and the right side of it all bourbon. And they've got a ton of, of selection. The cork and cask here in town's kind of got the same thing. Um, it can get a little spendy on some of those, but there's a lot of them, like the Russell's Reserve Single Barrel. I think you can get those for 10 to $14 a pour. Well, that's better than a $60 investment and find something that, you know, you, Rob, you, you like the Russell's Reserve. I like the Russell's Reserve, but surely somebody listening isn't going to like that. I'd rather spend the 10 or $14 and try it. Um, then the other thing is ask those people when you go in, hey, I like this. Can you give me, you know, a couple of, of the ones I should be hunting for when I'm out there? And, and let me try them here so I know that it's worth it's worthwhile. But yeah, um, the pappies, I think I've paid uh, 25 or 30 bucks a pour for pappies, but that sure beats paying $200 at the very low end and, and maybe $1,500 at the high end for a bottle. So I'd rather, I'd rather try that first before I were to really go after chasing something. Absolutely. So I would, I would suggest that trying a pour of a good whiskey uh, is going gonna, is gonna to take a couple things. It's going to take finding a bar that maybe specializes at least somewhat in high-end cocktails, um, preferably in whiskeys. And then two, um, you're going to want a good bartender that's going to give you a good pour um, in a glass designed to drink whiskey from. So Nobody wants to get that um, that bartender that you order a a pour of Rock Hill Farms for fifteen or twenty dollars, and they set down a one ounce shot glass in front of you. You know you want to enjoy that. You want to sip on it. You want it in a whiskey glass, um, whether you take it neat or on the rocks. Um, consider that before you sit down at a college bar or someplace like that in order what you think you happen to notice oh man they've got a really good whiskey on the shelf i'm not saying don't don't try it um but atmosphere and uh, and the service as far as your server and the bartender um in my opinion can make a big difference in your experience and influence what you're going to think about that whiskey when you put it in your mouth if you go out for a steak ask for their bourbon list. They've generally got a pretty good selection and they'll, they'll give you something that'll pair pretty well with what you're eating too, you know? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what about some of the stuff like the value bourbons, Rob, that, that you, uh, you, you kind of find readily available that you pick up on a regular basis? Yeah. You know, uh, last episode we talked about ancient age or ANA, and that is definitely on my value bourbon list. Uh, try to keep a handle. Uh, some people call it or it's about a half gallon. Try and keep one of those on hand, um, whether it's a barbecue or uh, just sitting out on the back porch. And uh, if I'm going to take it maybe with some seven up or uh, just on the rocks, maybe a whiskey sour. Um, I like a and um, Old Grandad, I recently started uh, a bottle of the Old Grandad bottled in Bond. 
and uh, that's a that's a Jim Beam product. So old granddad was actually Basil Hayden. Um, there's a Basil Hayden bourbon, but Basil Hayden was old granddad. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm really digging that for the money. Uh, it comes in a full liter instead of a 750 milliliter. So a little bigger bottle, and it's a hundred proof. And uh, I like I like the pour from that just on the rocks. A uh, hundred proof bottled in bond, in my opinion, stands up pretty well to ice. Um, or maybe some of the lower proofs lose some, you know, whether it's on the nose or the taste or both. Um, so I like that for the money. And um, in my opinion, Evan Williams, whether it's the white bottled and bond or the black or even the green label, um, you know, you can sometimes pick up a bottle of Evan Williams for sub 15 bucks. Um, and it's it's a dang good pour for uh, just kind of an everyday drinker, whether that's with a cocktail on the rocks with water or taking it neat. So uh, I hope I didn't steal all of your brands, but uh, what's your, what's your budget drinker? Well, I, I, I don't agree, I disagree with anything you said there, but, and I think I mentioned Larceny last time because I was drinking that at Ancient Age. I would say three uh, kind of steadies in my, um, in my cabinet. I like, I like Jim Beam. I'm a Jim Beam guy. I like the flavor of it. Um, it was one of those that it tastes familiar to me. I had it as one of my early bourbons. It was affordable, but, but good quality, and I liked it. Um, Bullet was one that kind of jumped out for me. I actually like the Bullet Rye. Um, and one of my, one of my buddies, Jason Smith had me drinking bullet rye presses and I, I, I didn't even know what a press was, but presses half seven up and half soda water. So you don't get all the sweetness and something about that with that rye tastes pretty good. So that'll kind of be our go-to drink when we go on the road. And lately, um, still, I think reasonably priced, but a, a dang good flavor. It was the Elijah Craig's. I like oh, the yeah. Elijah Craig. Yeah, that's that's sure. good stuff. And I think they may have won whiskey of the year a couple of years ago or something that with that whiskey advocate magazine. So I got a little, I was worried that might get a little hyped up on the price side, but they must have enough volume coming out that it's keeping the price reasonable. Uh, I would say Elijah Craig's a great everyday drinker. I would agree. Yeah. So you mentioned Jim Beam. Are you talking white label? Cause they've got uh, what devil's cut and it's like Jim Beam black and uh, select uh, distiller select or something like that. Um, which are all in my in my mind, I haven't found hardly a Jim Beam locally that wasn't reasonable. So which one are you drinking? I'm drinking the white label, man. I, I kind of got into drinking Jim Beam before a lot of that stuff was out there. And I'm not a big fan of the flavored stuff. I've tried like the apple on the honey and some of those mm -hmm. on a lot of the different varieties. The, a lot of the, the main uh, whiskey, affordable whiskey guys have come out with some flavors. It doesn't do it for me. If I'm going to mix it with something, I want to mix it myself and get the flavor that, that I'm going for. I have, I have had the devil's cut and I like the devil's cut actually. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. But my standard drinker is the Jim Beam white label. Okay. So when I have Jim Beam white label, just put it out there, we'll see where you're at on it. If I have a neat pour of Jim Beam white label, especially like room temperature. So we're talking around 70 degrees, let it breathe a little bit. I get this really nice buttered cornbread. Is that anything, you go anywhere, anything similar to that? Throwing that palate at me again, man. No, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I like it. That's about as far as I can get on okay. some of these. I can definitely smell the green apple 
in yep. this in this Michter's American whiskey tonight. Now that I know what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. and now that you mention that, I will uh, I'll give that a I'll give that a flavor uh, flavor profile next time I drink it because I'm I think I'm a little more sophisticated than I was, but I, I definitely haven't been. I will tell you this on the Elijah Craig, I've got an Elijah Craig 18 that I opened for my last t- tasting here, and that one definitely has a, a butterscotch kind of a flavor in the background, and that. And it really tastes good. I really like that. But I, I, the buttered cornbread, I'll have to give that a try. For give it a try. Yeah. for a Jim Beam. I'd be curious. Yeah. So cool. Well, um, I think that's probably going to about do it for episode two. Mike, any words of wisdom, some uh, takeaways? Um, what, what are you going to leave us with tonight? Well, I'd say, I'd say, you know, Hey man, enjoy the hunt. Uh, I went out today and, uh, scored a couple. I got a bottle of uh, Little Book today. Um, Fred No, um, pretty excited to crack that guy. It's in the wooden case. It looks pretty cool. And I, I got that one for 62 bucks. I was pretty happy at that price point. So um, went out today and, and especially, you know, we're all locked down right now, but liquor stores are an essential, apparently essential people, right? So right. Um, I was able to do a little bit of shopping, did, did a couple of places today and uh, kept my six foot distance. Um, and I, and I, I enjoy the journey. I enjoy, I enjoy when I strike out um, and can talk bourbon with somebody, but don't, you know, don't hesitate to talk to people in those liquor stores because man, they, uh, they can always tip you off to a few things here and there and, and enjoy, the, enjoy the ride. Sweet, sweet. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off and say cheers to that, Mike. Hey, cheers, Rob. Thanks again, Bourbon Hounds, for joining us on another episode. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at The Bourbon Hound Podcast. If you're on Facebook, please join the Bourbon Hound Podcast Facebook group. We'd love to have you. And give us a follow on Twitter. Just search for The Bourbon Hound Podcast podcast.